0: Chapter Twenty Three of Hagar's Daughter A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Emma Mercier. Hagar's Daughter A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice by Pauline Hopkins. Chapter Twenty Three marthy johnson knelt on the kitchen floor surrounded by heaps of fine white clothing sorting them into orderly piles it was six o'clock on monday morning the gaudy little clock on the mantel flanked by red vases elaborately gilded and filled with paper sunflowers had just finished striking the coffee pot was giving out jets of fragrant steam and the pan of hot corn pone was smiling in an inviting manner from the back of the range the square deal table between the windows held plates mugs knives and forks for three the woman sang as she sorted. Oh, the milk-white hosses, milk-white hosses, milk-white hosses, over in and milk-white hosses, milk-white white hosses i long to see that day oh hitch em to the chariot hitch em to the chariot hitch em to the chariot over in Jeridan hitch em to the chariot hitch em to the chariot i long to see that day "'We last saw Marthy on the ensign plantation. Years have added to her weight, but other than that hers is the same frank, fun-loving countenance, with its soft brown tint, its dazzling eyes and teeth. Her tidy calico gown was hidden by an immense blue-and-white checked apron, and a snowy towel tied turban fashion hid her soft, crinkly hair. "'Reckon I'd better fry that ham. It's gettin' on towards seven, rats, smart,' said Marthy with a glance at the clock my word but where is mammy I's clean word out of my wits bout the child oliver oh oliver she cried opening a door which led from the kitchen to the regions above what's wantin mummy was wafted back in a male voice just turning into manhood your granny oliver you must go and hunt her child i never knowed her to stay away all night but once before you must get your breakfast and hunt her granny's all right ma i'm busy got a thesis for first recitation this morning deed i can't spare the time to go away over to the treasury from meridian hill you oliver you move yourself now you hear me your pa's never round when he's wanted and your sister's slavin herself like a nigger to help educate yer. "'My lord, how worthless men-folk is! "'You've got a thesis, have you?' she continued, waxing more wroth each moment. "'And your granny that's made of you like you was a baby may be dead up there in the treasury "'or moldering in some alley, and you hollering down these stairs to me "'that you can't go and hop her, cause you's got a thesis. "'I specs we all made a fool of you a getting into college. "'You just like your daddy used the bone spit of him. "'My word, if you don't stir the them long legs o yon out this lively i'll take you down sure as i'm your mammy i'll take you down you's as big as a house the flood of angry words ended in a flood of tears her face was buried in the ample folds of her gingham apron when oliver entered the kitchen he was a good-looking lad tall and slender a shade lighter brown than his mother but with her pleasant kindly face laughing eyes and fun-loving countenance he had a gay and fearless bearing that was the pride of marthy's heart she often told her mother in confidence when oliver was out of hearing mammy your grandson's a born general i ain't never seen a man to pair with the swing that's on him outside old general burns's and in this opinion aunt henny joined now ma don't cry said the boy putting his arm round his mother's neck and kissing her cheek i'm goin right off i'm as fond o granny as can be don't now go and work yourself all up. I'm goin' this blessed moment. Marthy cried comfortably on the shoulder of her big son and allowed him to coax her into a better frame of mind. You're a good boy, Ollie, and I didn't mean all them hard things I just said, honey. Don't you go and lay em up again, me son. Your old mammy's just worried to death. Well, I ain't like Dad, am I, ma? No, bless your heart, honey, you ain't. You and Venus is my comforts. Lord, what a miserable old woman I'd be without you chillins. Marthy made Oliver sit down to his breakfast, waiting on him with a mother's fondness, piling his plate with the delicious fried ham and the smoking corn pone, and pouring his coffee with care. Do you know, Ma, said Oliver, between generous mouthfuls of bread and great gulps of coffee, as he ate with the hearty enjoyment of youth, when I get through college you shan't do a thing but wear a black silk dress every day and fold your hands and rock i'm sick of seeing you in the wash-tub and venus running to wait on the ladies fit to break her neck i'm going to take care of you both when you spec that time going to come silly child your mammy spec to work till she draps into the grave colored women wasn't made to take their comforts like white ladies they wasn't born for nothing but to work like hosses or mules just seemed like we must work till we draps into the grave it won't always be so ma you'll see does you think money's just a grown on bushes ready to shuck into your hand when you gets through college? Pairs like to me, Oliver, you better make up your mind to hustle round for a while. I don't want to feel that a child of mine's too bigoty to do anything honest for a living. Don't you turn up your nose at washing, and your maid just thank God if you gets a woman when you get giants, that will help you out in that business when college learnin' ain't paying. And don't spend your extra money on silk dresses for no woman to lay round in. Calica's done me all my life and i ain't the worst woman in the world neither well i'll work for you my own self and i'll make money enough to keep you like a lady college or no college i wish it might be so but i just tremble to have you talk that away, way honey just keep a still tongue and saw wood don't speak about your plan beforehand. Never let anybody know what you reckon on doing in the future because the devil is always standing around listening to you and that gentleman naturally likes to put his cloven foot in a good basket of eggs and smash em. Remember what your ma tells you, honey. Now, ma, you don't believe all them old signs about who doin' and such stuff. There ain't a thing in it. It's nothing but superstition. Don't talk to me about your superstition. There is some things in this world that college education won't explain, and you can't agify and con dispute with them, neither. I've had my trials, Oliver, but trying to bring you and your sister to a realizing sense of the sin of the world is hard on me, and it lays on my mind. Now, last night I had a dream that a ghost stood right upside of the bed looking at me. That's terrible bad luck, and it's being a female ghost means that trouble is coming to this family through a woman. Now this morning I gets up and find your granny ain't been her all night. It's borne in on me that something is wrong. Whereabouts did you drop her, honey, when you pick up the clothes last even? The last place we went, Ma, was to Senator Bowen's. Granny went round to the kitchen to talk to Miss Johnson while I went up to Venus. Granny said she was short off for breath and Miss Johnson gave her a cup of coffee and a cutlet. Granny's fond of chicken cutlets. Um," mm, replied his mother miss johnson's a born lady cook or no cook chicken cutlets she mused some new yankee fashion cookin chicken i reckon bein miss johnson's from out boston way was it taste like oliver didn't they ask yer to have a bite with em chicken cutlets are common ma replied oliver with the indifference of familiarity just slap your chicken and egg and bread crumbs drop it into hot fat and there you are "'Do you like son?' inquired his mother, while one could see in the watery look that lurked about the corners of her mouth a determination to try chicken cutlets at the first opportunity. "'I like em fine, Ma.' Marthy sighed, then returned to the original subject. "'What did Granny say when you left her?' "'She said that she'd a right smart turn of washing up and dusting, that she'd left over from Saturday afternoon because the clerks were working overtime in one of the departments. I left her at the foot of the steps on the north side.' well honey i don't know and marthy shook her head dubiously run along to your pa now and then up to the apartment to find your granny deed god knows i hope the old lady's safe but i mistrust mighty much i do i think you're worrying for nothing ma i'm not a bit anxious sometimes has to stop late and she might have stayed all night because she was afraid to walk home alone marthy shook her head solemnly would she be afraid of a poor black ooman with nothing to steal? Tain't a soul gwine She ain't young and purty making a attachment for people. Men isn't chasing round street corners in Washington after ugly old oomans. No, Oliver, fifteen years ago this blessed winter when you and your sister was tweeny tots, just like this your granny stayed away and sat all night on top of ninety thousand dollars worth of bags the night before it happened i dreamt i was carried up to glory setting on a cloud and playing a golden harp which means sudden honors and elevations next thing i know, the president pented mommy prominently to a firmament position in the apartment at forty dollars a month then I was able to send your sister to school and keep her nice in spite of your daddy's rackety ways. Your granny's helped me powerful. Your pa's money don't mount to a hill of beans in my pocket, but mammy's kept him straight, and anything happened to the old lady I've been naturally obliged to give up the ghost. If you don't find your granny, stop at your paws, and being as general's away, you pester him to try and hunt her up. And don't forget to stop under Senator Bowens and see your sister. Just ask her if Miss Jewel's summer rappers is to be clear starched or starched. Deed, my head's gone clean running after Mammy this morning. And if you see the madam or Miss Jewel make your manners, them white ladies is a payin' for your schooling. Get down to business now, hear me, son? Money talks as oliver disappeared from view around the corner of the street marthy closed the outer door and re-entered the kitchen her naturally hopeful nature reasserted itself and she took a brighter view of the situation i reckon i'll laugh if mammy comes in now all right i wonder which way ollie'll go like as not he'll walk down g street and mammy'll come on the keys now i'll just hustle round and get them clothes out of the tub again they get here life had been checkered for marthy since emancipation when she had joined her lot with st Clair ensign's isaac in the holy bonds of matrimony like master like man was a true prophecy in isaac's case and he had caused the little brown woman a world of worry isaac had obtained the billet of valet to general benson no one knew how for up to that time he had been a ne'er-do-well working when the notion pleased him or when actual starvation compelled him to exert himself at other times swearing drinking and fighting it was a time of rejoicing when, upon arriving home one night after his daily lounge about the bay or buzzard's nest, looking for something to stimulate his weary system, he announced to his family that he had been hired by General Benson. Marthy rejoiced exceedingly, although, as she told Aunt Henny, what in the world the general specs to get out of Ike in the way o work passes me Her mother shook her head ominously, de general must be plumb crazy won't last after three months had rolled by the poor little brown wife began to take courage ike was working steady, although she had not seen the color of his money and she was still dependent upon the washing with which a number of families supplied her and the substantial help given by her old mother's labor at the treasury pears like mammy i can see some way to raise the mortgage Why, marthy Ike's so steady. aunt henny shook her head what you reckon de bill is chile asked the old woman removing her pipe from her mouth work was over and her chair and pipe in the warmest corner near the kitchen range were comforting to the worn-out frame aunt henny was seventy but save for rheumatism she had not changed since she left the ensign plantation sometimes she would bend her limbs shake her head and sigh dey never be easy gone gam for sure but i got a heap o hope out in dem whilst dey been limber my soul de best legs i ever hab in dis woe we does owe on the mortgage five hundred dollars, said Marthy, in reply to her mother's question. My word, but de money grows slow. I got one hundred dollars upstairs tween the feather bed and de mattress. You make Ike fotch out the rest. Can't rightly feel the place is on tills we paid up. When I sees you and de chillin' under your own roof, I gwine to give up de ghost in peace. And Marcy don't never be a plum fool and let I worrit you into raisin' money on de place. If he gets in scrapes, let him get out as he gets in, without any hope but de devil. If you ever let dat mon take de bread out of your mouth dat way, and I'm dead, I going to rise up out of de grave and hit you. Yes, I'll rawhide hide just as I used to down on the plantation. Marthy gasped, but heaved a sigh of satisfaction over the thought of the hundred dollars. Well, I's glad as glad bout the money, mammy, an I just got to pony up to de pint o dat other four hundred dollars. Humph! Grunted Aunt Henny. I don't trust him. Dat nigger no leanin' post for me. I's going to call on General Benson myself, an if he de right kind o of white gentleman, he gwine honk me in a sperrisy to make Ike raise dat money. "'What do you say to that, Marthy?' "'I likes it fine,' Marthy cried, overjoyed at what she considered a brilliant plan to subjugate the irresponsible Isaac. Shortly after this conversation, Marthy applied to her husband for money. "'I ain't got no money for you, Marthy,' he said in answer to her request. "'Ain't got no money, and you've been working steady for months. What's has to come of it, I'd like to know.'" Isaac scratched his head in perplexity i low to do better by you Mothy. you's been a good gal to me and i low i ain't done the right thing by you in every way since we was jane but I's turned over a new leaf i ain't drawed a red cent o my wages since i went to wait on the general i just left it in his hands for investment major madison and general speculating in mines dey owns de arrowhead and all my wages and all de money general can raise has been put in dat gold mine up in de colorado hills the lord save us ike then we'll done lose this place she cried the mortgage money done come due in june and miss jenkins been mighty kind but he's bound to fall close cause i hear he want money powerful bad to meet his necessities oh lord what is we gone to she moaned, rocking herself to and fro while the tears streamed down her cheeks. Don't you take on, mothy her husband said soothingly. I'll get de money from de general all right, I know I ain't been a sponsible man for you, but I's got human feelin ain't I Ain't I proud of my gal and my boy what's into college? What'd you think I's turned over a new leaf for if it weren't to see them chillins holdin' up their heads long with the best of the high bigotty Washington stockracy? Their daddy's gwine to make em rich and when you and me is moulderin' to clay, them chillin's gwine to be eatin' chicken and a settin' on their own front doorstep just like the president. "'I don't trust no white man. "'Member all the money went up in the Freedman's Bank, don't you? "'I don't guess he'd be slow making a profit out in your by keeping your wages. "'Plenty gentlemen do it for you could bat your eye.'" "'You're too harsh, Marthy. "'The General and the Major been mighty fine to your husband, gal. "'Don't you worry that money's safe.'" "'I spishin him just the same,' replied his wife sullenly. De Major do be under some repetition as a bad character, but de General's all right. Dar's heap o' his paw in him. He continued in a musing voice, "Dar never was a better man than old massa, an' I oughter know. laws the times me an' a young massa had together—bar hunts an' gamblin' bouts an' shootin' an' ridin'. He gone so fast I scarcely could keep up to him. We been like brothers." all his clothes fits me perfect our size is just the same as ever and during de war i just picked him twice out of de enemy's hands my sakes them was spurious times you isaac what in the land you talking about? is you gone crazy them remarks the yawn is studdingly curious isaac started to his feet and there was a guilty look on his face what was i saying Marthy? "'Clear for it, my thoughts was miles away from here.' "'Doorish! If I didn't know your age, Isaac Johnson, I'd think you'd gone dotty. "'I clear for it, I hope you ain't goin' to have softened o' the brains from drinking all Sam Smith's bad rum over to Buzzard's nest. "'I heard tell o' such happenings, but I pray the Lord not to pile that tribulation on top of me.' After this occurrence, Aunt Henny sought General Benson's presence as the only hope of getting money out of Isaac from this interview the old woman returned with a look of terror and consternation on her face when questioned by marthy as to the outcome of the interview she would say nothing of her success only repeating the words as seed and ghost lord my days is done marthy went heavily about her work as spring approached but for her children she would have given up the unequal struggle just at the darkest hour the bowens had become interested in venus and oliver and soon the little brown mother had felt a revival of hope in her breast as she planned to make bold and go herself to miss jewel and ask the dear young lady to intercede with the senator and get him to take up the hateful mortgage after oliver left the house his mother rubbed away industriously and under her skillful fingers the delicate clothing was soon floating like snow-capped billows in tubs and boilers when noon was signalled from the observatory upon the hill spotless garments waved in the keen air from every line in the large drying yard at the rear of the cottage clare for it all of us missed his school and mammy ain't come yet half distracted with terror and fearing the worst marthy sat down in the midst of her disordered kitchen and sobbed aloud suddenly she heard the click of the little gate the next moment she saw Oliver's face at the door. It needed but a glance to tell that something extraordinary had happened. He was breathless from running, his face ashen, his large eyes were distended to twice their usual size. Oh, Ma, there's been a murder up to the treasury. Don't tell me it's your granny, shrieked his mother. No, tai ain't granny. It's a young lady, and Mr. Sumner that was Miss Jule's beau is arrested, and granny ain't been seen nowhere since she went into the building last night. Paul'll be home after he's been to the station to notify the police about granny and venus can't leave miss jewel she's taken on so oh your poor granny oliver i just can't bear up under this oh where's my mammy good lord where's she at end of chapter twenty three recording by emma mercier